There we go. Excellent. Thank you so much, Deb, for that introduction. So like Deb mentioned, uh, today is going to be a part one of a two-part series. So for today, we will be using the CLC Genomics Workbench uh, Secondary Analysis Tool to take your single cell RNA sequencing results from, uh, from FASTQs all the way to uh, differential expression tables and different views. And then tomorrow, we'll be having part two where we will be using Ingenuity Pathway Analysis software to figure out what exactly all of this data means, right? So we'll look at uh, differentially expressed um, uh, pathways or upstream regulators, so on and so forth. So definitely please join us for part two next week. Now, since we're recording uh, our legal disclaimer, our collagen products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications. These products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. Now, please, uh, we love to keep these webinars interactive. So to do so, please participate by filling out those polls that you'll see launched throughout the meeting. These polls are very helpful uh, to us to um, collect feedback for this webinar as well as future webinars. So please feel free to fill out that poll. Now, if you have any questions that arise during this presentation, please use the Q&A box. It makes it really easy for us to keep track of what has been asked and what has been answered. And that's actually where we'll also go to take some live questions during a few breaks throughout the presentation. And like Deb said, we will uh, email you a copy of this uh, presentation, or you can just go to that registration link and watch it on demand at any time. And then just some housekeeping here down below. Here is the Q&A uh, button here if you had any questions. And then throughout the presentation, I'll also just be asking some random questions to you guys to gauge your interest on certain functions or different views. So we're gonna utilize that raise hand button. And once again, that should be also located at the bottom of your screen, little raise hand button. So uh, just to make sure that everything is working, if you guys could go ahead and click that raise hand button, that would be fabulous. Excellent. Looks like you guys have found that button at the bottom of your screen. Thank you so much for uh, humoring me. Okay, so today when we run single cell RNA sequencing, we are left with a mountain of data to try to get through. So the first things first is we have our FASTQ files that are typically rolling off of our sequencer that contain all sorts of different barcode information as well as gene expression information. Um, for example, when we're doing RNA-seq. Now to take that information and process it into different visualizations or differential expression lists for single cell sequencing, it can be kind of daunting, but uh, definitely um, rest assured that the CLC Genomic work, Workbench tool is a wonderful Swiss Army knife of all things sequencing, including single cell sequencing, where we have uh, some wonderful template workflows that you can follow. Um, where you just simply pop in your FASTQ files, and at the end of the day, we end up with our um, kind of uh, usual suspects for uh, different single-cell RNA sequencing views, like a volcano plot or a U-map, maybe even a dot plot here. 
So along with those uh, visualizations, we're able to really dig into them and annotate, say, the UMAP here, where we are uh, differentiating different clusters that we see here. So um, taking that gene expression information and then, again, bucketing all those cells into different populations that we might want to study a little bit further. So in this case, we can take this information and ask the questions of, you know, what are some of the genes that seem to be uh, differentiating these clusters from one another? What are these genes doing across these different clusters? So here we can see um, six different clusters and say mallet one at the very top here. We notice that we're going from, uh, you know, these uh, percent expressed uh, across the way, as well as this fab uh, P7 uh, gene here. Now, next, when we look at those clusters, we can also divvy them up into different cell types. So using some cell type annotation uh, tools, we can then label different cell types. Like here, we can see our neuroblasts are in orange. We have our neural progenitor cells over here in this red color, astrocytes in purple, so on and so forth. So this can also be helpful if we want to say, set up some differential expression um, studies that compare, say, astrocytes to neuronal uh, progenitor cells or neuroblasts to neurons, so on and so forth. So the ability to predict these cell types allows us to um, slice and dice the data by those cell types. Now, that is what we will primarily be covering today are all of those views that I just went through. But I did want to give you just a sneak peek into what we'll be covering tomorrow. So it's one thing to be able to gather all this data and do differential expression, uh, depending on different clusters or different cell types, but it's a whole nother ball, uh, ball game when we try to make sense of that data. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take our differential expression results and we're gonna input them into IPA. So in IPA, you can see over here, we've taken a whole bunch of different cell types with a baseline of neuronal progenitor cells. And we're asking the question of what canonical pathways seem to be activated or, um, or uh, inhibited and enriched in these different uh, data sets here. So we can look at, across all of these different canonical pathways and pick out some uh, important pathways here like sonic hedgehog signaling pathway. We can see that it goes from an inactivated state and as we progress through um, cell differentiation all the way down to um, astrocytes, it's uh, moving more towards an activated state here. We also can take these individual pathways and explode them out into the gene list. So we can have a look at the different uh, genes that seem to be driving the changes seen in individual pathways here. So we can see that GLI3 um, is very important for sonic hedgehog signaling pathway. And we can see that it is in a um, upregulated state in astrocytes and then across the rest of the different cell types or in a down uh, regulated state. Along with that, we can ask some very interesting questions that arise out of these um, analyses. So one of the things that um, we can do with IPA is say, hey, where else do we see similar patterns of expression in say a canonical pathway or a regulator or a regulatory network? 
or say in a different, in a uh, cell grouping or cell cluster here. We can ask this question and um, compare it across a whole smattering of different pre-computed comparisons and data sets that are uploaded into IPA. So please uh, definitely join us tomorrow. We'll be going into some of those features that we see in IPA. But for today, we will be focusing all of our efforts on the CLC Genomics Workbench. So let's get started um, with some of the uh, precursor kind of information here. And what I'm gonna do while I'm doing this is I'm going to launch a poll just to make sure that these types of illustrations that I just showed you are things that you're looking forward to uh, doing. So that's uh, the illustrations for CLC Genomics Workbench, where we saw all of those um, heat maps and volcano plots. And then we saw some of that canonical pathway information and um, comparison analyses across the board here. Now, if there is something that you would like to see that is not um, that was not listed or I haven't mentioned, please feel free to share that in uh, those in that Q and A box. Uh, we will try to um, get to those views if we have time at the end of the uh, webinar here. Okay, so back to CLC Genomics Workbench. So this, like I said, is really a Swiss Army knife of all things sequencing. So whether you have single cell sequencing, which is exactly what we're going to be playing around with today, or you have our kind of kicking it old school with Sanger sequencing, or maybe you just ha simply have um, bulk RNA expression um, analysis, as long as, as uh, well as a whole bunch of other different types of, um, of uh, NGS analyses here. And we're also um, agnostic of what type of sequencer you're using. So we have lots of different tools and workflows that will support any um, sequencer that you really um, can have in your lab here. So for today, we will be looking at single cell sequencing data that came rolling off an Illumina, uh, Illumina instrument here. But rest assured, we do have those tools and workflows for the rest of um, the sequencing uh, or family of sequencers here. Another great thing about CLC Genomics Workbench is we can run it on Windows, we can run it on Mac or in a Linux environment. So what you see here today is um, actually being run just on my Hewlett Pack Packard laptop. That's including all of the alignment and all of that. So you can see that, um, you know, this software is really powerful and allows you to do a lot of things yourself without having to um, get into some of the um, high computing uh, power type um, analyses. Mm -hmm. However, if that is something that you're interested in, uh, CLC Genomics Workbench does very easily scale up. So definitely reach out to us if you're looking for um, more solutions than what we have uh, just showing here today. So of course, every um, webinar or every training session needs some sort of data and a story to um, follow through. So for today, what we're doing is we are looking at about a thousand brain nuclei that have been isolated from an E18 mouse. These uh, brain nuclei have been submitted to 10X sequencing and um, run through using the V2 chemistry here. So in these slides, we have some links out to this data. It is licensed under the Creative Commons um, uh, licenses here. 
So feel free to go and grab that data yourself if you'd like to try this out um, after this uh, webinar. So just a quick overview of today's agenda. Once again, we're going from FASTQ files, we're submitting those into the CLC Genomics Workbench, where we will um, come out with some differential expression views, some differential expression uh, lists. We'll look at things like view maps and have a look at cell type overlays. So those are these two right here. We'll also be generating some dot plots and heat maps to have a look at your uh, differential expression results. And then, like I said, please join us tomorrow for all of the other cool tidbits that we have um, in store for you for Ingenuity Pathway Analysis, where we put some biological context behind those secondary analysis results that we're going to be churning out of uh, CLC Genomics Workbench today. And then just uh, briefly here, we do also have some links for some extra resources. If you would like to see some previously recorded uh, videos or step-by-step -step instructions. Now let's start really digging into things today. So the single cell analysis uh, workflow or tools in CLC uh, Genomics Workbench, there's a whole bunch of uh, different ways that we can go about it. One of the easiest ways is to use a template workflow. So this is where we have actually gone and taken all of our single cell analysis tools that you would need to run uh, your fast cues all the way to your differential expression. We've stitched all of these together in a very easy to use uh, workflow. So you're really um, being guided by a wizard driven uh, interface. So you're not missing anything or potentially um, you know, doing something um, incorrectly here. So just a brief overview of what that workflow entails is we're taking our fast cue reads, we're going to be doing some unique molecular identifier demultiplexing. We will be trimming off the adapters and then finally submitting to uh, single cell RNA sequencing analysis. We're going to be doing alignment and all of that, um, all of that fun stuff. We'll then submit that uh, those results into our cell type calling algorithm, as well as the data normalization algorithm as well, where we'll be doing uh, some cluster calling from that data, as well as some velocity analyses. Then we'll take that uh, normalized data and we can do a bunch of different things with it. We can generate a normalized matrix. So if you wanted to take that data out of CLC Genomics Workbench and visualize it in some other software, we can absolutely do that. We'll be generating some dot plots um, to have a look at some of the gene expression here. We'll also be looking at some heat maps and then of course UMAPs, which uh, single cell sequencing is definitely uh, famous for. So with that, let's get right into uh, the software itself. So I'm just popping over into CLC Genomics Workbench. So before we really start, let's just take a moment and have a tour around the software itself, just to get ourselves uh, oriented here. The top of the screen, you'll see your typical kind of file menu as well as some really handy uh, buttons at the top here. So if you wanted to import any sort of data like fast queues or metadata files, you would hit that import button. Export is exactly what you think it is, where if you wanted to um, take a project or take a file that you have, and you wanted to pop that out of CLC Genomics Workbench and into something else. 
And then we have this little rocket ship icon, which is going to help us launch some of the tools and work uh, workflows that we have in CLC Genomics Workbench. Right here in the navigation area, this is our um, file folder structure. So think of it like your Windows Explorer. This is where we're going to store all of the data that we're going to be um, processing and generating. So feel free to organize that however you see fit. Down below here, we have a few different tabs to go over. So processes is going to give you um, some insight into running processes, how uh, much time has elapsed, how much time you have left, so on and so forth. We'll switch over to the toolbox tab. This is where we'll see all of the different tools that we have to use in CLC Genomics Workbench. So at the top here, we have all of our template workflows. And then all of those template workflows are, of course, different tools that are stitched together. So if we scroll down this list, you'll see that we have a whole bunch of different uh, tools to support, a whole bunch of different things that are pertaining to sequencing. So have a, have a uh, look at all of those different tools there. Now in the middle here, we have lots of information to help you guys get started, like tutorials, our getting started work um, box here. We have a whole bunch of different workflows, um, tutorials, so on and so forth. So definitely have a look there, as well as this help menu up at the top here. This can be a wealth of information as well, including if you run into any sort of um, issues, we have that contact support button right here, where you'll be able to get in touch with our um, support folks by filling out a message uh, to them and what you've encountered as your um, hurdle in, GL in uh, CLC Genomics Workbench. Now up in the uh, right-hand top corner side of the screen, if you are watching this as a uh, recorded session, these buttons will exist, I guess, underneath my um, floating uh, video head here, but rest assured they're there. So the top right-hand um, corner of the screen, we'll see that we have ways to manage different plugins. So this is how we're able to build out all of these different tools that we see in the CLC Genomics Workbench. So for instance, one of the plugins that we'll want to download today is going to be the single cell sequencing uh, module here. So what we're going to do is we're just going to click on this plugins button right in the top uh, right hand corner of your screen and you'll get two different options. One of them will be download plugins. So if you haven't downloaded single cell sequencing plugins, this is where you would go and you would scroll through this list until you found it um, in the populated list here. I have already downloaded this. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go over to my manage plugins tab and scroll down where you can then see the CLC single cell analysis module that has already been, um, already been installed. Now, one tip and trick uh, about managing and downloading plugins is that you need to be logged into the uh, application as an administrator. So what you want to do is you're going to right click on the icon that would launch this uh, software itself and then choose that run as administrator option. That will allow you to um, download and manage your plugins here. So um, if you have any trouble, that is one of the helpful tips there. So I'm gonna go ahead and close this out now. The other place that you might want to have a look at is our references tab. So this is where you can go and download all sorts of different 
references, uh, genomes, sets of references, so on and so forth. This is also where you could uh, download or enter in some customized uh, references into CLC Genomics Workbench if you're working with, um, say, a species that we, we don't have uh, listed here. So as you can see, there's a whole list of different uh, species, as well as our Kyogen sets, which are curated reference uh, data sets that make things really easy to make sure that you have everything that you need to get ready to roll. So for here, I have gone ahead and downloaded the single cell um, reference pack here so we can um, have something to align our uh, reference genome to, or sorry, our, our data to. So once you have downloaded your plugin and made sure you have your references, we are pretty much ready to start now. So to um, kick off our workflow here, what we're going to want to do is navigate over to our toolbox we're going to want to go into our template workflows, where we'll then open up our single cell workflows here. So give that little plus sign icon a, a uh, click. And you'll see here that we can do uh, one of two things. We can go from reads, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing today from FASTU files. However, if you already have, say, a gene expression matrix, we're able to um, start from there as well. So there you would choose your imported data option. But for today, we're gonna choose our from reads uh, option here, open that up. And you'll see that we have uh, chromatin accessibility, immune repertoire, uh, but today we're just running the um, regular run of the mill RNA-seq um, single cell analysis here. So we're gonna choose our expression analysis from reads. This will launch a very easy to use and um, guided uh, wizard here to show you exactly what you need to get this workflow rolling and what these outputs will be. So first things first, we're gonna want to specify where we're running this. So in our case, like I said, I'm just running it on my Hewlett Packard uh, laptop. You might be able to do so as well, depending on um, what you have for RAM and um, speed and all of that um, jazz. But uh, so for that case, you're gonna be choosing our workbench. We do also have some other solutions if you wanted to scale up or if your laptop couldn't handle it, we can use the uh, Genomics Cloud or a server, um, a server solution here. But for today, we're just gonna be running it on the workbench itself. So I'm going to choose Workbench and then click on the Next button. So here is where we're going to be able to choose our files that we want to import into the CLC Genomics Workbench. So uh, we were, we're going to choose our Select Files for Input. We're going to choose that they are Illumina reads. If you have a different sequencer, here's all of the different options here. Then we're going to go down to our Select files uh, button here. We're going to choose our browse button and we're going to just navigate out to wherever it was that we stored our, um, our files here. So if you have base space, you can connect to base space or um, our cloud module here. But for our case today, I'm just going to be navigating around inside of my laptop and my file system. So I'm going to go down here to the add files button. 
this is where we will open up a uh, just quick look at um, what is contained in our um, file structures here, where I have gone ahead and um, downloaded some this demo data right here. And we have four FASTQ files. So it's four files for one sample, and they are uh, paired reads from two different lanes, as you can see by this L1, L2, R1, and R2. So I'm gonna grab all four of those reads and click that open button. That'll populate them into our little file uh, system window, where then we can click on the okay button. Now, there's a few different options that we can uh, go with here. One that I definitely um, suggest keeping unchecked, or two rather that I suggest keeping unchecked is the discard read names or discard quality scores. We don't wanna throw those away until we are absolutely sure that we don't need them. So I usually leave those unchecked. The next thing that you'd wanna leave checked is gonna be our paired reads since we had R1 and R2. And then down here, we're gonna want to uh, join reads from different lanes because we had our sequencing data stretched over two different lanes here. So once that is all good to go, we're gonna go ahead and click our next button. One thing also to mention as we are cruising through this uh, wizard guided uh, interface here is you'll notice that we have this help button at the bottom here. So if you're confused about say, let's go back to the previous screen, what any of these things are, what they mean, if you wanna keep them checked, unchecked, if you wanna change them, just go to that help button and that will actually bring you to a help page that is specific for the view that you're looking at right now. And you'll get all of the nitty gritty information about all of these individual um, items that we see displayed here on the, uh, wizard, uh, the wizard interface. So when we click into the next one, it'll ask us what reference data set do we want to use? If you remember, we downloaded these references using our reference manager up in the right hand, top right hand corner of the screen. So for today, these are mouse uh, single cell nuclei. Uh, so we're going to choose our single cell mouse um, reference set. Once we're good with that, we're going to go ahead and click on that next button. Here's where we can configure some batching. So say if you had more than one sample and you have some metadata to go along with it, and you wanna make sure that you're um, separating out samples from other samples. That is where you can go and use this metadata option to define your different batches of um, information. Or since we're just working with one sample today, I'm gonna tell the uh, interface to just use the organization of my input data. And I'll show you guys exactly how to upload that metadata um, in a few minutes, as well as just what it looks like generally. So once I've chosen that organization of input data, I'll click on the next button. It's just gonna give you a brief overview of your batches. So here we have our single individual sample. Here's the four different uh, FASTQs that are um, that rolled off the sequencer for this individual sample. So that is uh, all good to go. So we can go ahead and click on that next button. Now here's where we will want to annotate those single cell reads. So depending on the chemistry that you've used, you're gonna to wanna to choose your um, specific library prep chemistry here. So for this case, I know that we use the 10X chromium single cell 
pre-prime V2 chemistry, but if you're using some of the newer chemistry or a different chemistry, feel free to change that um, to whatever um, suits your data best. So I'm gonna choose the V2 chemistry and then I'll go just go ahead and click on that next button. Here, if you're using spiking con controls, you can set that uh, information up. Another thing that we'll want to um, set up here is going to be our strand specific. Here, we want to choose whether we're using forward, reverse, or both, depending on your sequencing uh, chemistry here. This came off of, I believe, a HiSeq 2500, so that's gonna be our forward um, chemistry here. So the next thing that we're gonna want to um, do is uh, click on that next button here. That'll bring us to the QC for single cell uh, parameters. I'm gonna leave everything at default, but once again, if you wanted to get more information about what all these settings are, please open that help menu. So to move on, we're just gonna click on that next button. Here we can choose to cluster single cell data using highly variable genes or not. I'm gonna leave that unchecked and then just click on that next button. Once again, we can choose to use highly variable genes in our UMAP. Here I'm gonna leave it unselected and click on my next button. Single cell uh, velocity analysis. So if I wanted to run velocity analysis, I can choose um, to leave this checked. So I'm gonna leave uh, this calculate velocity for each sample independently checked. We only have the one sample, but um, that's where you would check it. Gonna go ahead and click on the next button. And you can see how easy is this um, guided kind of wizard interface. You're not missing anything and you're ensuring that you're covering um, everything that you would need to get that workflow uh, launched successfully. So here, if we wanted to um, generate a heat map as a uh, readout from this workflow, we can set this up right here. Right now, we're just gonna leave it at default um, with the cell types and the lighting clusters. Um, but we can always change that in the future or even just rerun the individual tool to generate a heat map that better suits whatever parameters we decide to apply. So I'm going to go ahead and click on that next button. Same thing with um, different expression plots. So if you wanted to do your dot plots or your uh, violin plots, so on and so forth, this is where we can customize our parameters there. But we can do that also outside of this workflow in the individual tools themselves as well. So I'm going to go ahead and click on the next. It'll ask about the scoring of the velocity genes. We'll leave that as default as well. And once again, I bet you guys are uh, sick of, of hearing me say and click the next button. And then at the very end of the workflow here, we'll have our result uh, handling. So one of the things that you definitely want to make sure that you have checked is going to be the save button. And you're not just randomly opening this stuff and losing all of your hard work setting things up. So uh, be sure to have that save checked. And since we're doing a lot of individual items, it's always good to create a log. This is also very helpful if you're working in say a public health lab or some health or um, some other lab that where you need some really stringent record keeping here. So go ahead and click that create log button. So now that we are good to go, I'm just gonna click on the next button and tell CLC where do I wanna save this stuff. So I'm gonna create a brand new folder that's just gonna be called webinar to dump everything that I'm showing you today into. And I'll click on okay. 
And you'll see here, now we have this webinar folder. I'll highlight that and click on the finish. What that has done is it's actually launched that full single cell sequencing workflow. So how easy is that? We can go over here to the processes tab and see where we're at for our um, percent done. So this will take a little bit of time. So in true uh, demonstration fashion, like you usually see on those cooking shows, I have already pre-run or pre-baked all of our analyses uh, that we're gonna be reviewing today. So that'll allow us to not have to wait around for this analysis to do its thing. Now, a few things that I wanted to um, talk about before we um, move on here is going to be our, um, what, what would you do if you had, uh, say, a matrix file? Or say you wanted to import your FASTQ reads or your metadata before you launch into your workflow. So to do so, you're just going to visit this import button all at the um, top of the screen here. You'll have a whole smattering of different options where we can say import some Illumina FASTQ files. We can import our metadata, so on and so forth. So all of these are, once again, guided by very easy to use uh, tutorials here. So it, it, it is uh, very easy to kind of wrap your head around how you're going to be uh, looking at that. Now, for the metadata, one of the top questions that I usually get asked is what is metadata? What does it look like? So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna show you a, um, an example of a metadata file that I have um, set up already over here. So let me just grab that uh, metadata file to give you an idea of what this looks like. So it's just a very simple Excel file where we're gonna di uh, differentiate what the uh, differences is between all of our samples. So you can see here, here is our sample IDs. Here's our subject numbers. Here's maybe a before, during, after treatment, days, descriptions, your run a session, so on and so forth. So anything that you think that you wanna be able to compare later on down the uh, road, you wanna, you'll want to include this in your metadata table. So once you have uh, constructed this table, like I said, super easy to do. You go to your import, import metadata, where you'll just go out, find your file, and then choose what data you want to associate that um, file with. So very, very easy to uh, use here. Now, uh, just to reiterate some of the steps that we have gone through today. So, uh, so far, what we did is we launched our um, workflow. So down here in our toolbox, we went and grabbed our single cell uh, sequencing workflows right here. We then opened up our expression analysis from reads where that uh, user interface guided us through uh, setting up a whole bunch of tools that have been stitched together to produce single cell sequencing results. Now, if you wanted to do things uh, from reads, we can do things from reads. If you wanted to do it from a matrix file that you have imported using the import tool, we can do that right here. And then if you wanted to um, just run things kind of piecemeal, you're more than uh, capable of doing that as well. We can go down here into our tools section, expand out our single cell analysis. We will see there's a whole bunch of standalone tools that you can um, run yourself. 
Now, since we've already gone through a lot, I am going to take a moment, just pause to see if we have any questions in chat that have risen up. Thank you, Kristen. And as always, we will also take this opportunity to ask our audience some questions, questions about speed of the presentation. Are we going at a good rate or need to go slower, faster? Um, Kristen went over like, you know, how you can upload uh, data, not upload, import data from different types of chemistry. So in this case, we're also curious, like, you know, what are you using or will, will you use uh, for your own assay? So that's the second question. And uh, another thing that is a little bit different about different attendees is sometimes people ask us to start from FASTQ and other times they are interested in cell matrix files. So that's the third question over here. So we would really appreciate your feedback over here. Uh, another thing I wanna quickly bring up, some users were asking about things like trial, recording and whatnot. So pasting two things here. One is slides. Slides has linked to you know recording, trial, et cetera, et cetera. And second is IPS certification. I, again, am kind of noting and uh, seeing that there are a good number of uh, people who use IPA who have uh, who, who are attending today's session. So that's the reason I'm uh, pasting that link over here. Questions-wise, what if someone is doing um, some chemistry or assay that's not covered in CLC? So for example, site-seq for single-cell RNA-seq. So there's a few different options that we can um, do for that. So number one, um, for we do have ways to wrap any analysis tools um, into CLC. So that's one uh, option. We also would have the option of reaching out to our services team and they can help you construct a uh, solution or just run everything for you. So there's lots of different ways that we can um, do this. So definitely feel free to reach out to us and we are more than happy to discuss the different solutions and make sure um, you're set up to um, process that type of stuff. All right, and I'm going to tie this to the barcoded plate sort our uh, single cell RNA-seq data analysis question that an attendee has asked. So if this is not already covered by CLC's existing pipeline, again, as Kristen said, reach out to us. We have plenty of options. You know, this is something that either you or our services team can wrap, or there might be other options available as well. Second question uh, that we have is, is there a limit on how many or total size FASTQ files can we analyze in a single run? Sky's the limit here. So of <laughs> course, it's gonna depend on how powerful your laptop or your desktop is. Um, you know, if I tried to cram in hundreds of samples into my little Hewlett Packard laptop, I'm sure it would be very unhappy. So we do have some scaling up uh, options here. So you can um, look into using our Amazon Cloud plugin or different servers, so on and so forth. So world's your oyster, you can do as many or as few as you want. Okay, wonderful. Um, in terms of questions, attendees, if you guys have more questions, please use the Q&A box to type in your questions. Araceli has been diligently answering many questions and so has been Leah and Kristen will answer even more questions live soon. And in terms of feedback, thank you so much for participating in the poll. To those of you who have not, we would really appreciate your feedback. And I am seeing that most of the attendees are fine with current place, uh, current pace, my apology. Some are requesting to go slower. If you're one of those attendees, do let us know, you know which part we need to elaborate and we are happy to do so. As we mentioned, the recording will be uh, providing. 
provided and very few are asking to go faster. So in your case, if you're waiting for something, again, let us know through Q&A box and we will make sure that we cover that topic thoroughly. Back to you, Kristen. Awesome, thank you so much. And then also uh, mentioned for those folks that are saying uh, you'd prefer if I went slower, more than happy to um, have one-on-one -on -one sessions with you to make sure that we cover everything um, at a speed that you're more comfortable with. So that's always an option as well. Okay, so we have run everything through our single cell RNA sequencing pipeline. So let's have a look at all of the different uh, outputs that we have generated through that pipeline. One thing that I did not mention that I should mention here is that uh, you can see here, these are called template workflows. So these workflows are customizable depending on what you want to input or output out of these workflows. So what we're gonna be looking at today are just our kind of pre-canned workflow and all of the outputs that come out of that. But if you wanted to add something, subtract something, we are um, there's you know more than capable of doing that. So definitely reach out to us if you wanna find out how to customize, customize these workflows. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go up here into our navigation area and we're gonna have a look at all of the different things that got generated by our uh, workflow. So I had set up this webinar, um, just bucket over here where we can see in our processes tab, this is still running, it's only about 9% done. So I have already pre-baked everything so we can just uh, get on with uh, the show here. So I'm gonna open up my single cell RNA-seq folder. This is where I popped all my stuff in before. So this top level one, we'll see here's all of our sequences or our fast cues um, for that individual sample. And then we have, let me close this, we have this pipeline results. This is where I have dumped all of the results out of that uh, workflow into this pipeline results um, folder. I've then gone ahead and organized things to make it a little bit easier to kind of go through into a few different uh, folders. So the first one that we'll see here is going to be our reports folder. When we open that guy up, we'll see that we have our, our uh, different reports for different levels of um, our analysis. This one that I'm clicking on right here is going to be our um, normalized uh, normalized uh, QC here, where we can look at all of the normalization parameters, how well that uh, ran. When we open up this uh, sample level uh, folder here, we'll be presented with a whole bunch more uh, QC um, reports here. So the first one is gonna be our cell and UMI report. So this is going to give you um, just an idea of uh, barcodes and uh, the unique molecular identifiers, so on and so forth. So you can check to make sure that you have um, about what you would um, want to see. So, you know, distribution kind of even across the board, so on and so forth. We have our trim reads reports. So this is just giving you a hint as to how well your reads have been trimmed and what percentage of them have been trimmed, what the uh, size read length distribution looks like after trimming, so on and so forth. So again, another great QC parameter. Here, we're gonna have a look at our um, single cell uh, RNA-seq report. This will contain um, just a uh, good overview to see how well your alignments ran, your transcripts uh, per gene, exons per transcripts. So make sure that everything looks about uh, correct here. 
We can see uh, your strand specificity. So one of the tips to pay attention to is if you don't know if you have a forward or reverse kind of orientation sequencer, if you get really low numbers um, here and nothing is uh, mapping, you can go back and um, switch that and change the workflow over again. So keep that in mind here. So we can see all sorts of different um, parameters here, including 88% of our reads have mapped to something, which is great. And then lastly, we have our quality control uh, report. Again, just giving you an idea of uh, how well the single cell sequencing experiment uh, ran. So looking at your droplet data, right? How many duplicate uh, uh, duplicates do we have? How many empty droplets do we have? So on and so forth. So you can see um, as we cruise through this, it'll give you a good idea of how well um, those uh, things ran here. Here's your doublet calling, so on and so forth. Now, once you've cruised through all of these QC reports and you are satisfied with the quality of the data, now is the time to start digging into the actual data itself. So let's clear out all of these tabs first to give ourselves a nice, clean starting uh, point. So I'm going to go and hover over the um, any of the tabs up top here, and I'm just going to simply click uh, right-click and say close all tabs. That's just my little shortcut to uh, wipe that screen out. So the first place that we're gonna want to um, have a look is going to be our matrix files. So here is where if you wanted to visualize, say your um, expression data and your matrix data outside of CLC Genomics Workbench, you're able to export this by, um, you can open it up and then choose the export button up at the top here. So that is um, one of the major outputs from the workflow here. Another couple uh, outputs, one of them in particular that is uh, infamous in the single cell sequencing kind of world is gonna be our UMAP uh, plot. So I'm gonna go ahead and give that a double click and that's gonna open this up in the center screen here where now we see our cell clusters. I'm gonna close out this other tab just to clean things up. We can see our single cell uh, results kind of clustering in different uh, places across this UMAP now. Now to change uh, the numbers of clusters that we have, we can go up here to the very tippity top and change say maybe our lighting clustering from the 0 0.1, I'm gonna change it to the extreme of this 1.5. And now you'll see that we have um, six different clusters that have um, appeared on our UMAP or, ha or have uh, colored on our UMAP. Another thing that you might notice is that all of these individual dots, these are all cells, but they have little arrows kind of hanging off of them. And that's because we chose to do uh, a velocity uh, scoring and velocity matrix down here. So if you wanted to clean up your view and maybe uh, turn off the velocity arrows, you can do so down here by just deselecting the arrows. Now, another thing that folks love to do is they want to see these clusters um, based on what cell types are in them. So let's go ahead and change from that light and clustering. We can change either to cell types that have been called with high confidence or just cell types all. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose to the, choose the cell type all. And then I'm gonna go into my little edit box over here and I'm going to change uh, the sort order of this list right here 
order, clusters by decreasing. And now we see the most prevalent cell types at the top kind of uh, decreasing down the lists here. So in this mustardy color, when I click it on, you'll see here's all of our kidney cells. When I snap this uh, neuroblast on and off, you'll see that we have our neuroblasts and just go on down the list here. Some of these cells are definitely differentially kind of clustering within this uh, UMAP. So interesting to see that there. Another feature that folks usually like to uh, visit is say, all right, I see all of my different cell types, but I wanna actually see maybe the expression data for um, a gene overlaid onto this UMAP. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go down to this expression data box right here, and we can change um, this to show uh, the expression for say a marker. So here we're gonna go ahead and choose SOX2, which is a marker for um, neural progenitor cells. So I'll pop in, whoops, SOX2, SOX2. I'll choose it from my pick list. And here we have overlaid in the SOX2 expression data on top of this UMAP, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things we can do to make this a little bit more obvious um, or easy to view is we can either change the coloring characteristics by just clicking on the color bar and maybe changing to this red, uh, blue, black situation and dragging down on the, um, the bar here. So now we see that we certainly have um, an enrichment for SOX2 over in this cluster over here. And remember SOX2 is um, a progenitor cells, um, uh, marker here. So let's go in and um, choose to highlight our neuronal uh, progenitor cells to see if that is indeed overlaying into uh, where we would think it would overlay. And yes, it certainly does. So this is good that we're seeing our SOX2 expression kind of co-localizing with these uh, neuronal uh, progenitor cells. Now, if you wanted to get rid of this expression data and wanted to go back to having those colors for all of the different cell types, we're just gonna scroll down on our little uh, bar on the side here, down into our coloring and highlighting box. So right now you can see that we're showing the colors from expression data. So let's pop that back over into maybe our cell annotations or our clusters, so on and so forth. So that's a really easy way to um, pop that around here. Another thing that I wanted to call out is gonna be our sample box. We can also color by samples. This plot is gonna be kind of boring since we only have our one sample here. So I'm highlighting all of these cells because they're just coming from that one sample. But if you had multiple samples here, this could be a really excellent way to uh, divvy things up by different sample uh, types here. So lots of different ways that you can customize and um, mess around with this plot. I will be showing you how to customize the clusters um, at the end of this uh, presentation. So be sure to stick around for that. So right now we are just gonna go with our um, individual um, of our views for um, cell types here. So now that we have an idea of what the UMAP is um, and how to manipulate that. So again, just kind of uh, reiterating that all of these individual dots 
our individual uh, cells and the clusters are showing us that these cells are um, similar to each other. Like all of these cells um, right here are all gonna be alike versus these cells that are down here, so on and so forth. So the next thing that folks would usually like to um, have a look at would be something like a dot plot. So this is going to look at gene expression across all of these different um, groups or cell or cell clusters. And we can have a look at um, maybe the top, um, the top uh, variant genes, maybe we, or the top genes with the most variants. Maybe we can have a specified list of, I want a dot plot with, um, you know, a list of genes that I'm interested in, so on and so forth. So what we're gonna do here is we're just gonna open up the dot plot that was automatically generated by our workflow. So I'm gonna go ahead and just double click that dot plot. So here we can see that we have a list of our genes that are the most variable across all of our different uh, cell types up at the top here. And these individual dots are gonna be colored based on the average expression. So down regulated is gonna be blue, up regulated is gonna be red. And then you'll see that the size of these dots is going to be connected to uh, what percentage of these cells are expressing this individual uh, gene here. So first things first, let's order this plot to only contain cell types that we might be interested in. So one of the things that we are gonna be going after today is looking at um, neurogenesis and just the um, different cell types, kind of how they, as they progress through that neuronal progenitor cells, all the way the, to the end to when they become um, GABAergic uh, GABA neurons or microglia. So what we're gonna do here is we are going to filter down to those cell types of interest by going over here to this groups uh, feature here. So I'm going to click on the little plus sign that's listed next to groups. And I'm going to actually just highlight everybody on this list to kick them out of this selected uh, list here. So I'm going to use my arrow over button to kick everybody out into the available section. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a handful of different cell types and order them based on um, their relative kind of uh, differentiation state. So the first one that we're gonna grab is gonna be our neuronal uh, progenitor cells. So I'll highlight that, pop it over and select it. Next is gonna be neuroblasts. Then we're gonna go with uh, neurons, then pyramidal uh, neurons, there it is. Gepigeric, let's see, right here. And then finally, uh, we're actually gonna go with um, astrocytes here. All right, so we have these ordered in the order of differentiation from uh, most undifferentiated to the highest differentiation. If we wanted to change this order, feel free um, to highlight those and then either arrow up or arrow down. But in this case, I'm just gonna click on done. And you'll see that our dot plot now is narrowed into those um, different cell types that we're wanting to uh, view. And we have a look at things kind of as they're progressing through that differentiation. So a couple of things that are really interesting and standing out here 
are going to be our fab p7 so this guy is expressed in neural stem cells and we can see that that expression is decreasing as we uh move on in our um, lineage here for uh neurogenesis another one that we see kind of doing similar uh things is going to be this h uh m g b2 Again, this guy is an uh, important modulator of neurogenesis. So we expect to see this highly expressed in our kind of um, undifferentiated or um, kind of baby uh, cells all the way towards uh, being not expressed in our more mature um, astrocytes and neurons. So that's one way that we can have a really quick look at um, the uh, expression of these different cell types. We also have the ability to say, look at a heat map. So a heat map is also one of the outputs that you'll be seeing here. So I'm just gonna open up this heat map here and just show you that it is available and we can um, change this around um, from a few different ways here. So not something that we're gonna get into today, but feel free to have a whirl around some of these settings to develop a heat map that um, makes sense to you. Now, one thing also to mention is that these were outputs from our workflow, but they all can be individually run from our toolbox. So we had looked at our workflows before, but I'm going to scroll down into our individual tools under single cell analysis. You'll see here that we have a whole bunch of different tools here. So one of the ones I'm going to open up is going to be our gene expression. And here we can see that we have expression analysis where we can generate say, uh, different plots here. So generate expression plot. Um, we can do velocity analysis by itself. We can uh, train different cell type uh, classifiers. So this is a really cool feature that if you guys have your own um, cell type uh, classification that you'd like to use rather than the one that we have um, just preloaded from uh, Kyogen, you're able to do that as well. You're also able to uh, generate your um, single cell uh, clustering dimensionality reduction where we made a UMAP. Lots of folks um, prefer to make TISNI plots. So we have that availability as well. So um, with that, we've gone through a whole bunch of different views and outputs from this workflow. So I definitely wanted to take just another brief pause to see if there are any further questions that have risen up as I've been uh, showing you around CLC. Thank you, Kristen. And we will run our last poll. Um, yeah, Kristen has more stuff that she will be showing about CLC. But based on what you have seen so far, you know, is this something that can be valuable to you? Were there things that perhaps you wanted to make sure uh, were covered or included in CLC single cell analysis and uh, have not been covered so far? Let us know through polls and uh, Q&A. And in terms of questions, Kristen, you're more or less reading everyone's mind. Uh, <laughs> you went over two things that were just asked, but I figured that we will ask again, just so you know we can emphasize and uh, bring it to everyone's attendance, uh, everyone's attention. What is the reference data set used to determine uh, call cell types? Can different reference data sets be used? So that's something you just covered, but it's good to emphasize again. Absolutely. So first thing, uh, reference data sets can be found up here in our little references tool. And then um, in the cell annotation tool, 
um, in the toolbox down here, or I'm sorry, uh, cell type classification tool within our toolbox, we're able to browse, predict, train, update, um, update different cell type classifiers as well. So world your oyster there is, is uh, as well in CLC. Yeah, and this is where Araceli also um, provided some documents and wikis. So I'm also pasting that in the chat box in case uh, attendees want to check it out more. Another one was, what if I wanted to create a heat map or dot plot where I have filtered the genes using differential expression statistics? Absolutely. So that is also something that we can do by running these individual tools. So what I would do is I'd go down to gene expression. I would go to create our expression plot and just run um, a one-off instance of this tool. And from here, when I double click on the tool, it will launch a, um, a another wizard uh, guide here where we can choose to run it on the workbench. I'll click on the next button. We'll choose um, our normalized expression matrix that we're gonna be using to generate our expression plot choose that guy, click on the next button here. And then from here, we can choose um, what type of clusters we wanna use, cell annotations, how we want to uh, group our different uh, heat maps by, and you can choose different groups here. We have selected those six uh, groups that we wanted to um, have a look at. The next page is going to be where we can change our different filtering criteria. So from the get-go, we were set up to um, just grab the most uh, variable genes. And that is the that's what's gonna happen if we choose this fixed number of features. I said, hey, I wanna see the top 50 most variable genes across everything. If we wanted to say create a heat map based on statistics, I can choose our filter by statistics. And down here, I would uh, reference which statistical comparison I wanted to look at. Maybe I wanna look at um, neurons versus neural uh, progenitor cells, so on and so forth. And then lastly, we do have this ability to specify features where you're able to just simply pop a list in of all the different features that you'd like to um, include in your heat map or your uh, dot plot or your violin plot. So this will um, kind of encompass all of those different um, outputs there. So hopefully that was um, sufficient for that question. Yep, and um, there are more questions, but we will save them till the end because I know there are more things that you will need to uh, cover, um, Kristen. And I'm seeing that majority voted that uh, CLC can be valuable few voted that maybe. And to those of you who voted like maybe, um, if you have any questions, I'm pasting two resources over here. One is the technical support and second one is sales. You can reach out to us asking any and every question. One more resource I'll paste is our services. So in rare cases, you know, there can be like, uh, you know, custom pipeline that you may need to develop to do your analysis and whatnot. So for that, I'll paste the services resource as well. With that, back to you, Kristen. Thank you so much, Dev. Okay, so we have done a lot today. So we ran our single cell um, sequencing pipeline, which generated a whole bunch of different results. So we just went through and spent some time looking at all the different QC reports to make sure that the data 
um, was of good quality before we started interpreting some of these uh, plots and maps. We had a look at where the matrix files are stored. So if you um, wanted to do something outside of CLC, maybe you wanted to grab your normalized uh, matrix information here. And then of course we went through some of the different views that we have um, as output. So the U map, the dot plot, and I just quickly showed you a heat map. So the next piece of the puzzle typically in single cell sequencing um, analysis is we take these um, different clusters and we're gonna ask the question of how do these guys differ, right? So let's go back and revisit our U map. So I just double clicked on our U map and I'm gonna once again, just change over from our coloring by Leiden with a resolution of 0.1 over to our cell type all. Maybe we want to see what are the um, differences between say our neural progenitor cells and maybe our astrocytes or maybe the um, neurons, so on and so forth. So we are able to run um, differential expression on any and all of these different um, cell types or even between different clusters. So maybe I wanted to choose Leiden with a resolution of 1.5 and ask the question, how does this cluster over here uh, differ from say this cluster down here or this cluster over here. We're able to do all of this using our differential expression tools. So what we're gonna do is we are going to uh, go down once again into our toolbox and we're gonna grab our uh, differential um, expression analysis tools. So under expression analysis in the single cell analysis uh, toolbox, we're gonna go and uh, select this differential expression for single cell. So I'm gonna select that and just double click it to open up a wizard. So once again, it's just gonna ask you, hey, where do you wanna run this? I am totally okay with running it just on my laptop. So I'm gonna choose that workbench. If you want to use cloud or a server solution, feel free to do that. I'm gonna go ahead and click on that next button at the bottom. Now I'm gonna go and choose my expression matrix. So this is um, going to be in my matrix files uh, folder that I created. And you'll see here, we have our normalized matrix. I'm gonna arrow that over into my selected elements box here. So now I'm gonna run, uh, telling CLC that I'm running my differential expression using this matrix, this expression matrix. Now I'm gonna click on my next button. And this is where I can um, tell CLC, first of all, what do I want to compare? How do I want to compare it? What types of annotations do I want to use to um, generate my different clusters or um, groups, so on and so forth? So that's up here in our categories box. And then we have our testing box asking the question of, all right, so what? how many comparisons do you want to see? Do you want to see one cell type versus another or one cluster versus another? Or do you wanna see one cell type versus everybody else or one cluster versus everybody else? So on and so forth. So let's pick through these um, on the screen here. So at the top here, we're gonna to want to select our cluster um, information here. So you can choose your little magnifying glass, go into your matrix files and grab that combined cluster information. It's already been uh, pre-selected for us and click okay. Same thing with our cell annotations. So here is our cell annotation file. 
this is where we're going to go and um, select it using our arrow and kick it over into our selected elements box and then click on that OK button at the bottom. Now we're going to get um, have some choices. So here we can um, utilize either the cell types, um, all cell types that have been called with high confidence, maybe our different um, lighting clustering, so on and so forth. So this is um, asking the question, what do we want to test our differential expression due to? So in our case, we're going to want to find out how different cell types are differentially expressed. So I'm going to choose our cell type, um, either high confidence or all, if I wanted to really open up the floodgates. So in this case, let's choose our cell type all. And then I'm going to go ahead and select the groups. This will allow me to um, really hone in on the groups that I uh, care most about. So you can see there's a huge list of available uh, different cell types that have been called by the cell type um, identifier. You can go through this list and choose the ones um, that matter the most to you. So in this case, we have a whole list of different um, cell types kind of progressing through that neurogenesis here that we're interested in seeing the um, comparisons on. One tip and trick is usually throw the cell type that you want to be as your baseline for most of these cell types at the bottom of the list. It just helps make uh, organizing things a little bit quicker when it comes time to look at all of these different results. It's not something you have to do. It's just something that's really handy to know um, to throw your baseline potential group that you want to compare everybody else to at the bottom of the list. So now we're going to go ahead and click on that done button. And now down below, since we've already identified all the groups, it's going to ask our, our, do we want to identify markers or do we want to just simply see the differences between all group pairs? When we choose our identify markers, what it's going to do is it's going to give us a differential expression of a cell type group. So say uh, neurons versus all of the other cell types that are present in this analysis. Whereas all group pairs is going to take and compare, say, neurons to neural cell uh, progenitor, uh, neural cell progenitors. It'll compare astrocytes to neural cell progenitors, um, all of you know, those types of different comparisons here. So in our case, we want to say, look at all of these different comparisons here. So I'm going to go ahead and choose this all group pairs. Once I'm satisfied with that, I'm just going to click on that little next button. And then I'll choose to either open it or I would uh, choose to save it. In this case, I would choose to save it and deposit it into a um, folder over here in my navigation area. So since I've already done this, I'm just going to go ahead and click that cancel button and go over to um, my differential expression. Uh, results that I've already generated here. So over here in my navigation area, I'm just cruising over to my differential expression uh, folder. And then I will either look at our selected differential expression groups. So this is where I compared all groups to each other. Or we can have a look at what was generated when I just asked um, for CLC to identify markers. So first, let's open up our selected DE groups. And you can see here that we have astrocytes versus uh, neuronal progenitor cells, gabagiric, so on and so forth. 
And if you kind of open up the floodgates, you'll get a whole bunch more other um, comparisons too, depending on what you set up for your groups here. When we double click on some of these, it'll open up our differential um, expression gene list here. So here is our all of our genes that are um, differentially expressed between our astrocytes versus neuronal progenitor cells here. We have our full changes, our p-values. All of these columns are sortable. So let's sort by uh, p-value and see what are the um, most significant genes that are different between the two groups. If you prefer to say, look at a volcano plot, we can go down to the bottom here and open up a volcano plot. So by clicking on this little uh, volcano plot icon, you'll see here, this is gonna look a little bit um, weird just because uh, we are looking at such a, uh, a finite population of uh, different cell types. But rest assured, this is a volcano plot where we have our full change um, along our x-axis where we have the upregulated genes on the right, downregulated genes on the left, and then our um, significance value, our inverse log p, uh, log 10 p value is on our y-axis here. So you can cruise through these different, um, different differential expression groups and really slice and dice your data however um, you see fit. Another really helpful tool would be to select those identify markers for selected groups. And you'll see here, instead of where we had, say, astrocytes versus neuronal progenitor cells, we now instead see neuronal progenitor cells versus the rest of the cell. So again, everybody else that was on that UMAP here. So this is very, very helpful if you're trying to find markers for your individual um, cell type groups here. Okay, so now that um, we have gone over how to run your differential expression, I'll just very quickly revisit how to create an expression plot from this data. So this is a case, just like I showed you before, where we can create an expression plot where we'll maybe hone in on some of those um, stats that we just generated using our differential expression tool here. So I'm just gonna go and grab that matrix file, the gene expression matrix here gonna click on my next button. Here, we're gonna set our clustering. I'm just gonna leave everybody a default because those are the things that I care about the most. Click on my next button. And now I'm gonna say, hey, let's filter by statistics. And I want to use the statistics generated in my astrocytes versus neuronal progenitor cells. So I'm gonna kick that over into my selected elements. I'm gonna kick out one versus three and then click on okay. We can then set a full change if that's something that you wanted to do here. We also can say, set a significance uh, change as, or a, a value here as well. Once we're done with that, we can click on the next button and choose where to save these views. And you will get views um, very much like we saw earlier in this webinar where we had our dot plot we had our heat maps, so on and so forth. So those are really handy tools to just very quickly generate and have a look at your gene expression data. Now, in the last few minutes that we have together today, I did wanna take a few minutes to show how folks can customize some of the clustering that we see on our UMAP. So let's go back and just open up a brand new fresh UMAP from our analysis. So again, going back over to our navigation area, just double clicking on UMAP. 
Now there's a few different ways that we can go about this. Let's say we were interested in looking at all of the neuroblasts across all of our, our sample here, but we were really interested in looking at the differences between say neuroblasts that exist in one part of the UMAP versus an another part of the UMAP. So I'll show you how to do this um, from a couple different uh, ways here. So the first way that we can do this is we can subset this uh, UMAP and generate a uh, UMAP that just has our cell type of interest and then uh, run differential expression based on the clusters. So that's the first thing that we're gonna do here. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go back up to our coloring for clusters and I'm gonna first change this back over to our cell types, cell type all. From here, I am gonna go in, uh, zero in onto my neuroblasts. So I'm gonna scroll down this list and then click on neuroblasts. You can see these guys will uh, get picked up when I click on this check mark. Now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna scroll over into the UMAP itself and I'm going to right click. When I right click, you'll get this um, extra little menu of all sorts of different things that we can do. The at the top here, you'll see selected cells. What we can do is scroll down to select highlighted. We're going to now right click once again, selected cells, and then go to this create subset. So what this is gonna do, it's gonna grab all of my highlighted cells, so all of my neuroblasts that I highlighted, and it's gonna create its own UMAP with just those cells on here. So I'm just gonna go ahead and open it since I don't wanna save it, um, but you guys can choose to uh, open it yourself. So you'll see down um, here, we do have a uh, timer to see how long this has taken to uh, run. You can also flip over to your processes tab to um, see exactly um, how far along in the process it is. So that processes tab is right here. You can see that our subsetting is done. That expression analysis is still cranking behind the scenes. So when we get that UMAP that's opened up now, we have a UMAP that is just containing all of those cells that we subsetted. So again, all of those neuroblast cells from this, from this first UMAP. So from here, now we can generate different clusters of these, uh, of these uh, neuroblasts to then run differential expression between the different clusters. So here we can change our lighting clustering, maybe over to let's go extreme and say 1.5. So now we can say, all right, what is the difference between these uh, neuroblast cells and say these neuroblast cells or these guys and um, maybe these guys down here, so on and so forth. So what we could do um, just to, to um, show you some shortcuts here, is we can either um, go through our toolbox and launch a um, tool for our differential expression for single cell, where now when we go to choose our expression matrix, we will not be choosing that overall matrix file, we'll be choosing our subset file here. So here we're gonna choose our subset uh, elements uh, file. Let me see if I can stretch this out. You can see right here we have our filtered matrix. 
and it's showing us that it's a 461 cell subset. So that's how you know that you're not choosing your general matrix and you are choosing your um, subset one here. So I'm gonna grab that, arrow it over, click on next. And now we can change these cell annotations over to our subsets once again. So we'll kick out this general one. We'll grab our subset one, which once again, we can see that it is indeed the subset. Click on okay. And then carry on with your differential expression uh, setup. If you wanted to take a shortcut, what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna say, all right, I wanna see the difference between these neuroblasts in cluster number two versus all the other guys that are kicking around in cluster number six. So I just selected both of those clusters. Now I'm gonna go back, hover over my uh, view here and right click and run differential expression for single cell. This will automatically choose all of the correct stuff at the top here for your category. So you don't have to choose those funky cell sets here. It will also choose your groups that you would like to compare here. So here we can choose this all group pairs and then we'll generate a really wonderful uh, differential expression between these two different clusters that are just full of neuroblasts. So that is one way that you can um, customize your UMAP uh, data and comparisons. Another way to do this, let me close this out, is to go back to our original UMAP here. I'm going to deselect our um, neuroblasts here and um, say I wanted to uh, just generate clusters myself. I don't want to use any of these automatic cluster um, features here. Maybe I just want to see what's going on in these cells that's different than uh, these cells over here. So I can just generate my own uh, cell clusters here. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to use our, our lasso kind of functionality on this heat map. And I'm just gonna highlight around the area that I want to create my own cell cluster with. I'll highlight that and I'll right click, go to my selected cells, and then I'll choose this add to new cluster. Here we can add this cluster, cluster into our uh, already um, listed out different uh, categories here or we can choose and create a brand new category. So let's just call this webinar, click on okay. And I'll say, these are my left hand cells for lack of a better um, explanation there and just click on okay. So now we can see that we have this category popping up over here called webinar, where we just have our left hand cells annotated. So now let's say I wanted to see how those compare to this cluster over here. I'm gonna go through the same exact thing by using my lasso tool, right-clicking, selected cells, add to new cluster, where I'll choose my category of webinar, and then I'll just say bottom cells. Click on okay. So now we have this. So if you're interested in looking at a differential expression between these two clusters, again, just right-click, run differential expression for single cell, and it's already auto-populating with everything that you need to um, have to generate these uh, differential, differential expressions here. So with that, we have gone through so much today in the CLC uh, Genomics Workbench. 
So uh, in this last part of the tutorial, I showed you how to generate different uh, differential expression uh, uh, files here. I also showed you how to generate custom clusters and then um, run some differential expression here. So definitely, um, I hope to see you guys tomorrow. We have part two of this webinar coming up where we're going to um, answer some of these questions that might be uh, starting to roll around in some of your um, in some of your heads here. So, for instance, why is one cluster more enriched for neurons versus the other? So we can uh, input this information into IPA and answer this by looking at all of the different pathways that seem to be enriched as well as activated or inhibited. So uh, these different clusters seem to be in a different state of uh, differentiation here. Or we can answer the question of um, what genes um, could be used to develop a signature and how do they, how are they responsible for some of the features, the biological features that we see going on in our data set here. So once again, we'll have a look at some canonical pathways. We'll have a look at some regulator networks and see what's going on with the biology of all of this data that we just generated with CLC Genomics Workbench. I see that we are a few minutes over time. I thank you all for joining us today, and I would love to open this up for any more questions that might have popped up along the way. Thank you, Kristen. And uh, to our attendees, uh, I have also pasted a SurveyMonkey link in the chat box because oftentimes uh, attendees like to give written feedback in terms of something that they might have liked about the training, they wish were done differently, or suggestions for future trainings. So it would be great if you can fill up that uh, survey and provide to us. Link is in the chat box. In terms of questions, uh, what if a user wants to find a written up step-by-step -step tutorial and uh, want some example data, which is actually a question uh, that came up a little bit earlier to try themselves? Absolutely. So if you're uh, not a video type person and you prefer written step-by-step -step instructions, we have um, that available too. So you're gonna go into CLC Genomics Workbench and then visit your help menu at the very top of the screen here. In that help menu will be all sorts of online tutorials that you can um, access. So here there is a huge list of all sorts of different um, tutorials that are available in PDF. And when you open up those PDFs, example data is um, linked inside of those PDFs. So you can go and grab a sample data set to give single cell analysis a whirl on your own there. Wonderful. Um, another question, this is something you covered, but uh, it kind of came up a little bit earlier and just want to reemphasize, can I import the filtered matrix or put from cell, uh, cell ranger? Absolutely. So that's something that um, we did cover feels like a long time ago, but it was at the beginning of the webinar here. So there's a couple different ways you can go about it. You can utilize a single cell workflow where we have from imported data here, where you can do expression analysis from matrix, from all sorts of different matrix files. You could also um, utilize some of the individual tools as well as your individual um, import uh, functionalities here. So let me just click on that import. 
And here we can see that we have this import expression rate, uh, matrix, and one of them is indeed this cell ranger um, option. Another thing that I should mention that I failed to mention throughout this entire webinar, so shame on me, would be our graphics output button as well. So um, while I was up there just showing you that import button, this popped into my head. So what if you wanted to export, say, this U-map uh, or a dot plot or a heat map? Uh, this is where you would go to export that actual visual. So you can include it in your, um, in your presentations or grant writing, so on and so forth. There's a question that just came in. How many DE genes required to run IP analysis using single cell RNA-seq data compared to classical bulk RNA-seq data with good biological significance? As we know, we have less genes identified from single cell RNA-seq data. Yeah, really great question. That's absolutely something that we'll cover pretty much right out of the gate tomorrow in the IPA um, portion of this training. So uh, the kind of general rule of thumb is that you want between say 200 and 3000 genes to get a uh, good kind of pathway level analysis of your RNA sequencing data. Now, that being said, there are gonna be many opportunities where you're not gonna have that many genes, right? Maybe we don't have that luxury. You certainly still can run IPA with fewer than 200. However, your results might be a little bit more limited. And then of course, on the other side of uh, the, the coin here is what if you wanted to run this with more? So uh, if you use more than 3,000 genes, you certainly can. You can do up to 8,000 different genes, but you might have a little bit more noisy of an analysis there. So we'll definitely go through that um, uh, in depth tomorrow in our RIPA uh, session. So hope to see you there. It'll be um, really fun to be able to see the biological kind of results of everything that we generated today. Okay, any comments on Partec flow single cell uh, seq versus CLC single cell seq analysis? So I actually don't have any um, reference to go on that. I haven't used that. Dev, have you come across that or Araceli? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if there's a, you know, a benchmark analysis done on something like that, but I know for sure at universities, you know, I have seen customers use both solutions and uh, be happy with it. One thing that were uh, that was brought up by some of the customers is like, you know, if you are uh, more of a wet lab scientist, like biologists and such, then they have found like CLC interface to be more useful. But, you know, again, this is something uh, that's just uh, provided to us as feedback. So uh, if you guys have specifics on that, as we've been, mentioning earlier, like feel free to reach out to us, provide us with the specifics and our CLC team can provide us with like all the stats, all the numbers you might need for uh, any any type of comparisons. But yeah, at major universities, I have seen users use both of them. Thank you so much for that, Dev. All right, I don't see any other questions. And uh, as, Kristen mentioned, as uh, I have also pasted in the chat box, 
please be sure to attend tomorrow's uh, IPA training on single cell. That's part two that will show you how to do pathway and networks interpretation of single cell data. And we'll go into this process like a lot more details. But otherwise, thank you so much for attending today's training. Thank you, Kristen, for wonderful presentation. Araceli, Leah, and Sean for answering all the questions in the chat box. As always, we'll wait around for 30 more seconds in case uh, you know you have more questions. And if not, hoping to see you guys in tomorrow's training and other future trainings. Thanks, everybody.